When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Hey, I'm Jen, and I love horror movies. I'm Mikey. I'm dead inside, and I also love horror movies. And we really like to torture our friend Todd because he hates horror movies. That I do. And that's why they call me the horror virgin. <laughs> that's the only reason we call him that. Yes. I'm not, no other reasons at all. <laughs> you Whatever. So every-, <laughs> every week, we take him through the encyclopedia of horror, the good, the bad, the ridiculously Jack Frosts. <laughs> and then we make fun of it, more or less. Or explain its deceptive feminism. Oh. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do. That's my thing. <laughs> and I'm the funny one. <laughs> Our episodes drop on Monday, so check us out. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sounds, and the Consequence Podcast Network. I'd like to thank all the subscribers for checking out this episode once again. Uh, however, it arrived to your notifications. I appreciate you hitting the play button uh, today. I would encourage you, if you haven't already, to, uh, to do that rating reviews thing and wherever you're getting this from. Uh, or leave a comment, you know, at places like YouTube. You can just uh, kind of like, hey, I love the interview. I'm listening from wherever. And I appreciate that stuff, too. And if you're not a subscriber, uh, please take that moment. Uh, hit the subscribe button. We'll deliver uh, new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday straight to your podcast inbox. It is the best way to keep up with all of your favorite artists and what they're up to. You can do that iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, etc., etc. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today my guest... Chris Caraba, I'm going to be talking Dashboard Confessional, 20 years of Dashboard Confessional. In fact, Chris is celebrating the 20th anniversary with a new Best of Collection called The Best Ones of the Best 
ones. And we're going to be retracing a lot of those steps, too, from from the beginnings of the band that was only supposed to be a side project uh, around the time he was stepping out of Further Seems Forever to how his lyrics have aged through the years and how he still connects with them or doesn't. We'll talk about rebellion points against image that came along the way and the unexpected detours like a SoundCloud rap artist noting him as a huge influence in his collaborations within that genre, straight up until the tour that he's doing in 2020 with all these sold-out dates. Uh, in fact, Ashport Confessional are going to be playing the places you've come to fear the most, as well as a Mark Emission, a brand of Scar, in full on this tour. So we'll get the details on that one as well. And he and I are even going to geek out uh, from some of our favorite bands, uh, Archers of Loaf, uh, the Cure and Pearl Jam, they all have new records this year, and we're both big fans of all three of those. So, yeah, expect uh, expect that nerding out to happen as well. But let's get into it. Talking about the record, the best ones of the best ones, it's Kyle Meredith with Dashboard Confessional. Okay. Man, the best ones of the best ones. We're talking about the greatest hits, and not only that, but uh, 20 years of, of Dashboard Confessional. Congratulations on that. I mean, you know, to make it past, what, uh, 10 years for most bands is a huge hallmark. So two decades into this, like, that's that's outstanding. And especially, like, it was only supposed to be a side project, right? Yeah, yeah it was. It turned into a real thing. <laughs> it's a real boy at this point. How, uh, <laughs> how quickly did you realize, when did it become obvious that it was going to be so much more? Man, well, you know, I, I realized it was more than a side project relatively soon. I, did, I, of course, did not realize it was going to be a career for a long time to come from then. But, um, you know, I only intended it to be intended for it to be one tour that was going to happen in the month of October of, uh, of 2000. Mm-hmm. And uh, I booked the tour in a, in a window where my other band, Further Seems Forever, uh, which was my main band, didn't have a tour. Before I left for that tour, well, quite a bit, maybe maybe a few months before I left for that, for that tour, I parted ways with Further. So when I left for that tour, I thought, well, this will be good because, you know, it'll be a great way to, like, clear my head, do this little project that I so enjoy doing, playing it in front of people, come back, figure out what band I'm going to be in next. And uh, it only took a few shows for me to realize, hey, something's happening here that I didn't expect. These people know the songs already, like really know the songs already. <laughs> and they're, they're singing along in a way that I'd never heard anyone sing along to anything before. And that tour, that one month, I just kept getting tacked on to another tour and then another tour. So I wasn't home again till the following Christmas time of 2001. I remember even hearing about it just in like the news around that time. I mean, the way people talked about you because, you know, you would come on these news briefs as an unknown to a lot of us, you know, but, but seeing those people, I mean, you mentioned, you know, the fans singing along to every word, uh, you know, I feel like we all originally connected because of your lyrics, because of those words right there, because they seemed more, no pun intended, confessional uh, than we were used to. I mean, we heard our own thoughts in those. Uh, it was a big deal. Did did you feel like you were doing something different, that, that something that wasn't being given, you know, in, in other versions of, of rock and pop? No, but I, I, I thought I was I was giving something different that wasn't represented in it in any of the represented in any of the other music that I was making. I was, I was in a band that was relatively heavy. I was in several bands at the same time. And that was the one piece that I, I wasn't finding in those projects, which was this really bare honesty. And, you know, when I, when I, you know, named it dashboard confessional, I'm, I'm not actually sure that I, I understood that there was a, a kind of subgenre called confessional writing, but I, I did realize that's what I was doing and that's why I, I named it that. But I yeah, I didn't 
I didn't try to, it wasn't in response to like what was going on in, on in the music scene, the grander music scene, but my musical experience, it was reactionary to that. The, those lyrics, you know, how an artist has a relationship with their songs as they continue to grow and as the years pass by, you know, we change, but you know, the, the words that you wrote don't exactly change. And for those to be so confessional as they were, you know, so diary type of lyrics, were there ever points where you looked back in those now a days and you're like, oh man, I was, I was somewhere. Yep. <laughs> there are, there, you know, no one gets away scot-free, you know what I mean? So there's, there's, uh, I'm happy to say that there's a lot of music that I made in those early days, specifically, I say the early days, meaning the days before I really had a, a band surrounding me. I would, I'm happy to say that most of the lyrical content is not tied so so stridently to exactly who I was at that time. But there is a line or two that is just like a dude having a bad day, and that and that day was a fleeting moment, you know. Right. And it's uh, that's in my life still now, and will be. It's interesting how, as a songwriter, you you know you carry that stuff with you. It's been said before, you know, as a painter, you would never you know, have to carry that burden if it was a burden or whatever it was, you know, it's just like you kind of do it and you leave it behind. But as a songwriter, that, that that's, that's always there. To my great pleasure. <laughs> it's, it's more often than not, uh, the songs kind of can change uh, as I change mm-hmm. and as the, as the audience changes in life experience. But yeah, you're right, man. There are there's just one or two moments in there that, that are, man, yeah, I, I just I'm kind of locked in there. <laughs> You know, so so once so once everybody kind of started getting me grasp on what you were doing, and of course, you know the press took off and uh, and emo was thrown around. Was there ever a rebellion point for you to go against an image that was may have been projected onto you? Uh, like song wise or sound wise, did you find that you rebelled later on? I don't know that I had to because the whole thing was designed so that I could be so the music could be as malleable as I cared for it to be. I thought by uh, one one way that worked was I gave it a band name. I didn't call it by my own name. In doing so, that allowed me to grow it into a band. So when it felt like it was time to grow musically, I could add the pieces, of the, the, add the musicians to add the pieces, broaden the sound. I would say that I, I, I mean, I think I rebelled in a, in a less pop song-oriented way. I think I rebelled. I got kicked back against the machine a little bit hard when I was kind of on the rise success-wise. I wasn't real comfortable with the you know big music machine uh, driving me, and uh, I I think I I, put, I railed against that. Maybe and in some ways it, I think it, it served me, and in, in some ways I think it was I think it was just for the sake of rebellion. Yeah. Maybe it didn't serve me. At least the music kept coming out, and 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 and, and I guess you know part of what I you know was interested in that part is you played around with sounds. I mean, obviously, you know, throughout your career, you, you didn't just stick to one sound. Thank God, <laughs> you know, and for some artists that can be just a natural thing. And for some artists, it can be very intentional. Uh, like I said, especially when labels are thrown around and stuff like that. So for me, I don't know if it was intentional, but the, the, uh, it was just more instinct, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to change sound. You know, and one factor, I guess that, that is obvious to me looking backwards is that, you know, when I started the thing, when I started Death Word, it, uh, like we said, like we talked about, it was a side project. Yeah. So I had this band. I had a band, uh, and I was able to express myself in that fashion with when when I felt it with the band I was in. But now I, I didn't have a band, but I still had these impulses to write songs that were a little grander, a little louder. And 
a little more fleshed out. And I was I just kind of, I kind of went with it. I kind of went where the songs went. I didn't, I didn't hold myself to what I had done that people had reacted well to with, you know, I didn't hold myself to that for fear of losing this new popularity I had. I just said, you know, I, I think, I think this is, I just have to do this. I don't really have much of a choice. Some people are really, really good at, are maybe more savvy than I am about how to put the pieces together. But for me, it's just, it's just what feels right and, and sticking to it. Well, I mean, and, and we can see now in hindsight that it obviously landed well. I mean, your, your influence, you know, stretches far and, and, you know, while you can't predict where your influence will land, um, you know, it's got to be interesting when it does connect in unlikely places. I'll bring up the SoundCloud rap thing. You know, in the past few years, there has been this kind of association that I don't think a lot of people saw coming. And and you've been named as one of those big influences by a lot of hip hop and rap artists uh, in, in that sort of style. Did, did you did you hear your music in theirs? Could you could you identify it in that way? Well, I'll say this: I, I could, but it's not for the reasons you'd expect. And I think it's it's the the truth is is that I. I one of my first loves is a young person discovering music um, on their own, uh, which often means trying to find the counterculture to what's going on around you. I was huge into hip hop. And I think that that informed a little bit of the cadence in which I deliver lyrics. I'm certainly absolutely would not be a great MC or rapper. I just, it's not my, not my skill set. but, but I do have a tendency to use sort of rapid fire lyrical delivery. And that comes from years and years of listening to hip hop. And I guess I, I did hear this. I didn't, when I started to hear what was happening on SoundCloud, I, I was not in relation to anybody saying that it was influenced by me, but I was like, wow, great. I've been kind of lost as a hip hop fan for a little while now, looking for something that spoke to me. And this stuff spoke to me again. Then to find out that some of those uh, very songs were inspired to some degree or or gave credence or credit in some degree to music I made. It felt, honestly, is it lame to say that? Maybe links, I don't care. It felt really good. It really <laughs> felt good to know that I had I'd, uh, something I had done, had reached far beyond um, what I originally intended, intended and, and much longer, lasted much longer as an influence what i intended it's interesting you hang around long enough and cool things happen <laughs> it's true it's really true that's really true it's interesting i i'll only quickly bring up sidebar here you know you were talking about the bands you liked in your youth and i i from what i read you know being an archer's a low fan and, and a fan of the cure and i thought man this is going to be a good year i think for us because both of those have oh, new yeah. albums coming out oh man i know it's going to be a great year i mean there's like I'm living right now where there's like new, there's like new Dinosaur Junior music and Jay Mascus uh-huh. music and Archers of Loaf stuff coming out. Another Cure record coming. I mean, this is this is gonna be my year. <laughs> do you do you have any expectations for new music from these bands? I mean, like like Dinosaur, you know, they they've stayed pretty consistent lately, and I think they're making some of the best music that they've ever made in their career. But you know, it's it's now been over ten years, especially for the Cure, and I think twenty some odd years for Archers. And I'm like hopeful, but I'm just a little nervous at the same time. Like I want to love this. I'm not. I'm not nervous, man, <laughs> because the Cure has never let me down. It's true. So I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous about that at all. And with Archers, uh, I, I, what I, what I'm most excited about is like, what could they? What could they do? Yeah. I mean, because they could come out and they could make they could they could they could make the logical quintessential Archers record, and I would be thrilled. Yeah. Or they could press forward and surprise me, and I I can almost guarantee you I'll be thrilled because it's just there's 
I just I just think that they did that from the get go. They were there. There's a through line there, but the records they kept getting better and better because they kept pushing. Well, I'm certainly hopeful as well. <laughs> we'll know soon. We'll know soon to some degree. I don't know when on those, but uh... Jawbreaker, Jawbreaker's oh, making new music too. Right. I mean, it's, like, oh, it's all coming up. It's all coming up my ear. I had uh, I had them on the uh, show uh, last year on my show last year. Jawbreaker mm-hmm. when, when they started on the tours and everything. So yeah, no, it's it's not gonna be bad. And uh, I don't know to what degree a Pearl Jam fan you are, but they just announced their first one. They would only put out one last decade and. Uh, and they have another one that's finally this year. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's celebrate it. Yeah, man. Let me, let, me, let me steer the ship back this way, too, because I do want to talk about the, the, uh, the collection a little bit more, the best ones of the best ones. Uh, because one of the cool things, you actually sought out your fans to help you cur- curate this list, right? I did. Because how, how can I know what people think are the best ones? <laughs> so, I mean, I know what people want to hear live, but that's not the same as what they, what they embraced like when they're sitting at home mm-hmm. themselves. And I'm not there for that. Were there any surprises that you did, that you didn't expect to put on here? Yeah, I think that for me, one surprise for sure is the song Fever Dreams, which is on a record that, you know, I kind of put out intentionally in a vacuum. It was like kind of like a, a this is be, kind of before people were really doing this. Like I just announced it and kind of put it out like the next day. And uh, I'm not the first band to do that, but that's before there was an easy way to do that. Like, you know, the Spotify's and Apple Music's of the world, you know, this took you still had to go get the record on iTunes or at a store. So I don't know. It didn't have that as far of a reach, but that was also the goal. You know, it's really playing to my, my, my fan base. And on that record, I don't think, you know, from that record, I don't think that anyone I've ever heard anyone request that song live. And that's a lot of the ways that, I mean, that's kind of the main way I can like assess what songs from a record people like. So when that came in in the tally, I was, I was came up in the tally pretty high. I was, I'm surprised with that one. But it's also happy because I really like that song. And, and you're going to take these out on tour. So now does that become a live song for you? Well, I haven't thought about it till now, but <laughs> I guess I better practice it. <laughs> well, on this tour, uh, I should point out, you are doing some special stuff here. Um uh, playing the places that you've come to fear the most and uh, in a market mission, a brand of scar. Like, you're going to be doing those in full. Is that two albums in one night, or are you mixing that up for different shows? How's that working? I think we're mixing it up. Yeah. We're mixing it up from show to show. And then, of course, you know, playing more songs than just that at, at, the given, at any given show. But it is uh, kind of refreshing to go back and, and pull some of these songs out that, that you know, for reasons that are non-specific to the quality of the song or whatever. Some, some songs just get cycled out of a set in favor of other songs. And then sometimes some time, time goes by and you forget, oh yeah, that's a pretty good live song. Mm-hmm. So it's been fun to sit here and uh, play some of these songs. There's a song called Rapid Hope Loss. I forgot how much power there is in that. As a, as a, I, I don't mean the recorded version. I hope there's power in that, but just as a live song playing with my, my bandmates, there's, you can feel it. So yeah, so we're having moments like that, like like these songs that have kind of drifted out of my grasp a little bit mm. in terms of like what's what should be in tonight's on tonight's set list. Yeah. They're they they're so fresh they could almost be new songs to me. I'm like that excited about it as if I've just written it. It's gonna be nice too. I mean the set list to some degree is made out. You know, as long as you know which album you're playing, like that's that that chunk is already set in stone. That's good and bad. Because oh. I hate set lists. So oh. other, other than the fact that I personally hate having a set list, 
That is good. But I, 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 my favorite thing in the world is to not have a set list and just know what's going to be played first and what's going to be played last and let the audience pick the rest. Oh, yeah. But since we're uh, – so, so, so in order to not do that, I think what, like the, the compromise I've come to inside is like, well, I could, I could play the record on shuffle and, <laughs> uh, and start with any song and then let them call out songs from that record and just go, go like that. Yeah. So well, I think that's the, the method. That's exciting. I look forward to those, man. Kind of seeing one of those, and 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 you know, I don't know if you're able to say or not. Do you know what comes next after this? I mean, is there a new dashboard on the way? Is you know, are you doing anything with any other bands? Do you have that that clear direction yet? I'm doing everything all the time. I'm so excited <laughs> about about the things that are sort of on deck. Uh, well, Chris, I, I so appreciate you taking the time to to kind of go down memory lane with me on this one. Uh, you know, the music has meant so much to so many people, and to have it all collected in the best ones of the best ones is a really great way to kind of uh, relive a lot of these songs. So thank you for the music, and thank you for the time today. I appreciate you. Thank you for the time, I, and I hope, I hope we talk again soon. Also, uh-huh. like I say, it was, it was really fun to just kind of lock in for a minute there on, on three or four bands that I really love that are going to have such an impact on me again this year. They're like integral and inter- integral in who I am Yeah, as a musician and a person and they're, and they're back to show me how to be a better grown up now. That's a great way to put that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, there's a, there's a lot of great music. It's going to be a good year. It's, it's, you know, the world might be uh, literally burning down, but we've got this to look forward to. So there's that. God help us. God help us, archers. We need you. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks again. Okay, touchy. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye. My thanks, Chris Caraba, Dashboard Confessional. The new collection is called The Best Ones of the Best Ones. And thanks to you for checking out the episode. Again, if you're not already a subscriber, I I hope you do hit that subscribe button before you leave here. Uh, Wherever you get your favorite podcasts from, just uh, hit that subscribe button and look for the new interviews to, to arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then if you get so inspired with the review or or given the series a rating, even just a comment, uh, I so appreciate all of that. Afterwards, you can head to WFPK.org where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. Again, that's WFPK.org. Consequenceofsound.net has your music and film news. You can also find me on social media at Kyle Meredith, wherever you social media at that does it for this edition i'm kyle meredith i'll see you next time consequence podcast network it's easy to hear your favorite artist on wfpk from wherever you are listen on your smart speaker live stream from our website at wfpk.org from louisville public media When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.